Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to the 15th episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. I'm Richard, privileged enough to be your host and moderator here today. And also, surprise, I know we don't normally release this time of the week, but it's because we've got a special guest joining us on this episode. People That's of the me. interwebs. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I had this whole bit planned in my head that we were going to, uh, uh, I was going to fake introduce Kent as the special guest, but uh, you, you heard it here first. It's actually Drew Nolasco, which is the coast's own and brand manager for the Transformers TCG, as well as I'm sure many other hats. Uh, welcome back to the show. Hi, it is great to be back on the show, and uh, it's awesome to see you guys on the show. <laughs> yeah, this is actually uh, our first episode with video added. Uh, Kent decided that uh, it would be something that would be helpful for the people who are watching and listening. You know, we release these on YouTube as well as other places. Um, uh, so I think it's pretty exciting. Uh, and we normally have a longer intro, but I know everyone here is excited to kind of get into it. And there is a shot clock on this whole interview thing. Uh, so let's get questioning. Great. Let's go to it. Kent, kick us off. Cool, cool. All right. Well, obviously, circumstances in our world are uh, very different right now. And in talking to lots of players online, either through direct messenger or webcam games, um, it's obviously a subject that comes up a lot. Um, so we wanted to kind of just ask right off the bat, like, what is the state of the game at this point um, with Wizards? How's this affecting you guys with the Transformers team? And like, how are you guys, are you playtesting other sets? Are you even able to do that? Um, just what what is it like for you guys and what's kind of the path going forward? So everyone at Wizards has transitioned to working from home. I think we're on like week 10. Uh, and, you know, that was for me, I, I, I can really speak for me. Uh, that was a, a little bit of a, of a challenge those first couple of weeks because I'm my my work style my communication style was very much an in-person uh, style of communication I I enjoy the ability to go and, and walk over to someone's desk or schedule a quick meeting um, and so switching over to basically what we're doing now and uh, talking via video conference was a little bit of uh, a mental readjustment but the company has been super, super supportive of it um, and has really bent over backwards in order to give all of us wizards the uh, what we needed. And that's a really broad statement, and that's how it's been. What, what we needed in order to keep making the games and, and doing our jobs. Uh, so that has helped an enormous amount. Um, and some things are easier than others, right? Like once you get used to the, the, this style of communication, you know, discussions and brainstorming sessions go, go really nicely. Um, uh, you can't see it, but right over here is a giant whiteboard that I installed on my wall. And that, that has made my life so much easier. Um, <laughs> and I am now so much more productive that I can just turn to the whiteboard and start, you know, brainstorming on the whiteboard um, and now I have a whiteboard in my living room which is kind of it's the way of the world right like we make changes <laughs> in order to adapt to what's going on around us playtesting is, is more difficult right and um, various teams inside of wizards the transformers team uh, the the magic teams the D&D teams have each come up with ways that serve their team best in order for playtesting and uh, some of it looks a lot like what players are doing in order to stay connected to one another um, playing using uh, video uh, in order to you know, show what's happening on, on your side of the table. Um, and other teams are, have the benefit, like the, uh, the Magic team is able to do playtesting um, using some of the digital resources that we have. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, life goes on, work goes on. Uh, we keep... The, the 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 inventive fuel that pretty much drives everybody at Wizards has has to have somewhere to go, right? And <laughs> like it just doesn't stop. And we've all really adjusted, I think, pretty well. Um, but that, I can't I can't speak for everyone. Um, 
as for the world, like we don't know what's going on in the future. The future is is uncertain, and the I think I think the best way to talk about the future is to talk about priorities. And this doesn't this shouldn't need to be said, but I I I, I need to say it nevertheless. The number one priority is the safety of our our players and their families and the store owners and the people who work at stores, like all the way up the chain, our distributors and you know our warehouse staff, you know the factory workers at the our plants, you know all the way back to us. And that has entailed like keep keeping that priority true has entailed making some changes. For example, we aren't going to have an Energon open season this year. Um, we can't know what the future looks like. And I could say, hey, here are the contingency plans. Like if this, this, and this happens, uh, then we could do it. But I'm, mo I'm most likely setting everybody up for, um, you know, a bad expectation set, set of expectations. So we've chose this team has chosen. I've, I've chosen with the rest of management to not hold big convention events this year. Uh, just this week, Gen Con was announced that they were not holding holding Gen Con, right? Like the, the this is the the sort of state of the industry, and it it sucks, right? Like I really wanted to see all you guys. Um, it's one of the most rewarding parts of the job, and I know you guys wanted to play probably more. You know, I, I that was selfish. Like I talked about myself, but you guys wanted to play, right? <laughs> and and that opportunity has has evaporated, uh, and so we sort of take it week by week. What does this week look like? What, how are things changing? And we pay close attention to local and state and national health authorities and what they're advise, how they're advising us as businesses to interact with each other and with our, our partners and with our, our, our community of players and fans. And we'll, we'll just have to keep doing that until the shape of the world becomes more certain. And I don't think that's an answer that, that anybody wanted to hear, but I think it's the most responsible answer for the Transformers TCG yeah. community. Yeah. Um, and I have been really, really uh, happy and inspired by the ingenious ways that players have been maintaining their, their connections. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and watching players figure out how they can play test and brew and, um, maintain and more importantly maintain the sense of community that has been the hallmark of the transformers trading card game um since the beginning is really awesome and and we look at it we talk about it and uh you know it, it marches on how are you guys handling it how are you guys doing in your families well i'm single i'm not single i have a, I have a girlfriend but i mean i'm not married so i don't have a family but as far as like handling everything uh I'm a little stir crazy. I'm kind of, um, I'm really more of a traditional extrovert. So being just isolated from people uh, for long periods of time uh, has proven itself itself a little bit difficult for me. Um, it took me longer to adjust than some of the other people who, to quote my girlfriend, she's been training for this her whole life, right? Because she, <laughs> people are her favorite generally. Uh, whereas I feel a little bit drained normally, but I'm kind of easing into a routine slowly. Kent? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same way. I am very much an extrovert, and I need to be around people. And, you know, Transformers is a big part of that, too, is like going yep. down to the local game store on the our designated night and just everyone meeting and, and having fun and flipping bots and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am a little bit more fortunate, and I have a wife and two daughters, and it that's been pretty nice my wife and i work from home anyway uh but having right. our daughters here sometimes is amazing and i just wouldn't have had those opportunities to to be with them and bond with them if it if we hadn't gone into lockdown but they're also both toddlers so it's really hard to get work done at home <laughs> so right the 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 level of adjustment that, pe that people and families have had to make is make is really um it's really extraordinary the le the amount that, that people have had to change their lives in order to keep life going. Uh, how are your local game stores doing? I know I see game stores doing different things in order to um, 
to deal with the current crisis and the economic situation. So how are your LGSs? Uh, well, my LGS, uh, Generation X Comics and Games, I mean, it's a humongous store. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's not uncommon to see, like, well, well over 50 people, sometimes into 100 there. I mean, it's a humongous store, just tons and tons of tables. Uh, but they are having, they're not, quote, open for anyone to just walk in, but, like, like I've pre-ordered 10 boxes of Titan Masters Attack and I will get just be able to come up and you know I sign my name and then they bring it out to me um, to my car so they're doing it like that uh, they're being very active on social media too and they're going to be taking some more safety guidelines once the store opens back up but that's how they're handling it yeah I mean something similar for me um, I my local game stores, there are a couple that are kind of equidistant from me. Um, I'm fortunate enough for that to be the case in Austin. Um, the major one, uh, the one that normally hosts our events is uh, the Gaming Goat, um, which I think is actually a, a chain, if I'm not mistaken, but that's the point. Um, they, it just helps that owner for us to like know, for us to be able to, like to tell him, hey, we want this much product a good way out because it just helps them budget like they're not they're losing a ton of revenue right now right there's that's not lost on anybody and uh but they're doing like curbside pickup um and i think he's even delivered a couple of things like the owner personally like because people are uh with their families are kind of starved they also do board games there mm -hmm. and so there are people are kind of starved just for like ways to interact with each other that are maybe lower stakes or kind of stress-free or not really about anything heavy so he, they've been doing kind of that, like the delivery and curbside uh, for, and, you know, pre-orders helping them budget. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm watching how local game stores are, are adapting and trying to, to get through this, and it's rough, and we here know that it's rough. Um, you mentioned, Kent, that you pre-ordered 10 boxes of Titan Masters Attack. We saw and heard similar things from a number of retailers who were concerned that they wouldn't have enough buy a box promos that the Perceptor and Convex because of um, people who, who pre-ordered more than normal, right? Like that, that's, that's what is happening. What we see right now is that people are, you know, ordering online from their local game store or yep. just getting in their orders early. Mm -hmm. uh, so the day before we recorded this, so Thursday, the 21st, we, we, got together with the WPN team and we're going to make more buy a box promos packs uh, available awesome. available while while our supplies last so um, I, this is mostly addressed to the local game store owners but help spread the word um, so the way this will work is starting Tuesday the 26th no nope yeah Tuesday the 26th Sorry. Um, <laughs> local game stores who need more buy a box promos because of the number of pre-orders of Titan Master Attack boxes that they, they've already received and are anticipating running out can contact their Wizards uh, rep. So specifically their, their Wizards WPN rep, not customer service, and have just have a conversation with that the rep. And um, you know the rep has the final decision on, on sending out more promos. So no, this isn't. This isn't. There's going to be some common sense applied. It's like I need 45 more promos. It's like ah, uh, okay. It's like I need I need 12 more promos. So, yeah. All right. Um, and while we still have promos in inventory, and our 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 we are not. You don't have infinite inventory on on promos. Uh, we'll we'll keep helping stores uh, meet that need. And then yeah, a week uh, a a little bit before that, like the prior week. Uh, we made the decision to change how the in-store play promos can be used by WPN stores from just uh, play rewards, which is typically what the, the guidelines for these promos are, um, to maximum flexibility. So stores can't sell promos. That's never okay. But if a store wants to use it as a purchase incentive or a reward for picking up not Titan Masters Attack product or any other product, you know, Wizards product, that's totally fine. Give, we're giving the stores the, the, the ability to use the, the stuff that we produce 
to promote our products um, in any way that's not a set, that's not direct selling that they think is best in order to help themselves out. So that um, is fantastic. Yeah, like absolutely. Because we had um, with our play group because the in, even with the store being as large as it is. Um, right now I was going to get one Perceptor promo, you know, with Convex. And then there's several other people that ordered, you know, boxes and they want their promos too. Well, I only need one Perceptor. I mean, it really, you know, so as long as I have one, that's great. Um, and then we, you know, kind of all communicated with the store, our play group. And, you know, everyone was, I think most everyone was going to get one. But now with this news, that is fantastic. That's really cool because I know a lot of the player base um, were worried about that. So thank you guys for that. Absolutely. Um, it was definitely the right thing to do. And with regard to the, um, the in-store play promos, uh, the answer, just don't listen to what anybody is saying. It was not because I wanted to see people brew tidal wave decks faster. Um, <laughs> it, was not, it was not the reason. So. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, that, I've never thought I never thought that, that was the case more than now after you specifically mentioned that it's it was. not. It's not the case. That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> My ability to keep a straight face is very low. That's okay. You're, You're a good normally, poker player, I, I, aren't you? <laughs> no, <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, moving on to the uh, next question. We know that the release of Wave 5 was uh, pushed back in consideration of, you know, kind of a, a number of things, safety particularly as far as a priority. Um, how do you see similar circumstances potentially impacting future releases, if at all? So I, I don't know. Um, again, this is going to have, this goes back to the, uh, we're going to take it in as, as it comes. And um, I hear I, I'm explicitly only speaking for the Transformers TCG, right? Like sure. I, these, these words don't apply to the other business uh, groups and wizards, but we're going to have to look and see what the the world looks like, what the, the retail environment, both at local game stores, at larger stores looks like, and make decisions appropriate to, to what that looks like. Um, and so I, I, I don't have any news or updates about what the future in that regard looks like. Okay. Okay. Um, I know you mentioned earlier um, that the Energon open season is something that's not, that's not happening this year. Correct. Um, I'm wondering uh, if there is uh, any update towards a little bit further down the line, right? The Energon Invitational. Um, if there's any kind of uh, something in place where if that would be like an open qualification system or if there's, uh, if it's looking like that probably isn't going to happen too. You have any news regarding that or other organized play? So, again, I know this is not satisfying to, to hear these answers. And for that, I apologize. But I'd rather be upfront with the community than, than not. Uh, open play and Energon Invitational play really needs venues for that play to happen at. Yeah. And we watch more and more conventions, both national size and regional size conventions, uh, make what, what I think are appropriate decisions to cancel or postpone them, their, their events. Absolutely. And so un, until I see, until we, this team can see what the shape of convention land looks like as we move through the summer and into where you'd normally expect an Energon Invitational to appear, uh, it, it's very difficult for us to make concrete plans. And so I'm not going to set up false expectations by saying, you know, what contingencies A through Z are. Sure. Uh, but, you know, as we get through the summer and see what the shape of the world looks like, that's when, you know, we'd be reevaluating. And as soon as we have concrete enough plans that we could share with the public, we will. Well, if you need a, you know, a, a vehicle to disperse those plans, say through maybe another interview, we'd love to have you back. Oh yeah, I'd love to be back on the show. <laughs> For a second there, I thought you were offering your living room as like a convention. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's there's nowhere near enough room here for that. <laughs> but, you have uh, a very small and very invitational. It's like okay, uh, Richard and like I don't know some three guys from Austin. Yeah. Regional. It's a regional. It's not an invitational. <laughs> nice. Uh, hey, so. One of the things that um, the people in the community have been talking about is 
possibly an, an online platform for the Transformers TCG. And um, you may not be able to say anything about that, you know, at this time. Um, but is there any plan, you know, maybe in the future of, of taking this great game and also putting it in an online platform kind of similar to Magic Arena? So I can tell you, I really wish we had one. Uh. Yeah, me too. Oh, man. <laughs> so we'll say all, all of us here. But unfortunately, that wasn't in the cards. Um, and in general, Wizards doesn't really talk about digital digital game planning um, in, in the way that you're asking. But I it certainly the, the inputs into decision making are, are now pretty radically different in in a world where COVID nineteen uh, is is a dominant um, driver of how people game. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, hey, my webcam has been amazing for games. I mean, like yeah. I've played so many proxy testing with Titan Masters Attack, you know, with my teammates and some friends. Um, webcam games are amazing. Uh, Mostly good, sometimes blowouts, but hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not the webcam's fault. <laughs> uh, that's my fault. I build a lot of decks and like statistically, basically half of them are going to be terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how you figure out what the metagame is, right? Like, there's only so, so some amount of theory crafting that you can do uh, in a trading card game. Some of it, it requires actual playtesting in order to figure this out. Um, I, I know this firsthand. <laughs> uh, so what have you guys been, been particularly keen on when you've been brewing with Titan Masters attack cards? I mean, Sky Shadow jumped out to me from the get-go. From the get-go. Uh, get that card just seemed it was you know it's not very flip intensive uh the characters are their stats are on or above curve if you count the bold tough in them um they're ranged so they work with a bunch of the ranged cards for direct damage and damage outside of combat uh you get the stratagem lets you get a three star head for one stars it's a huge discount you get an untap with there's just so many things going on with that card uh i mean that's the first place i went was try to build decks with that yeah sky shadow is is a very good and a uh, I think aggressive um, character to build with. Kent, what about you? I really love uh, Pounce and Night Racer mm -hmm. so much. Um, as, as many times as I've uh, beat my head up against the the door uh, playing against Richard Sky Shadow, <laughs> horrible. Um, they, I think they have the best chance of beating that um, with the secret actions and all. Um, I still think it's in horrible Sky Shadow's favor, uh, but yeah, Pounce, Perceptor, and Night Racer together in a blue shell has been a lot of fun for me. I've really enjoyed that deck and tuning it and tweaking it. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. I I also like that playstyle. Um, I one of the, the intentional spaces that we were upgrading in Titan Masters Attack was Secret Actions. And we re really like the way that they play. We really like the interactivity that secret actions bring to the game and the way that it allows players to demonstrate tactical skill inside the game. That's, that's a little bit of a different paradigm than the, the previous act, you know, ways that, that you could express that kind of skill. Um, how often are you getting counter espionaged? Constantly now constantly that that is the biggest triggers um, horrible that's the biggest uphill uh thing with it because i mean and thank you so much for spy masters ruse that's my favorite card you guys have ever <laughs> printed i love that card i love you spy masters Ruse. um so weird about it <laughs> but um counter espionage quickly has made it into everyone that i play against and that makes it really difficult um, to just sit there and hold on to the secret action you need in case you're looking for their belligerence or whatnot and you have an in hostilities under there. And, uh, and St Stefan, uh, I'll never forget the first time it happened. He's like, all right, counter espionage for in hostilities. And as soon as he did that, I already knew what his next card the next turn would be with this big attacker. And it was belligerence, right. and then it just like ate me for breakfast. Um, that's that's the main I think weakness of the deck is counter espionage, but I love counter espionage. It's a really well designed card and it does a really unique thing. 
Yeah, I, I really like mini games that are built into cards. Yes. And the, na the name of an action mini game there um, really makes this card, I think, fair. Um, I, I think that having to read the, the, your opponent's board and read their hand and read what they've been doing and figure out what, what secret action they're likely um, to have at that given time makes it makes it a really really not only interesting card to play but also a, a really interesting card to play against and i remember at one point in test play testing people were putting one of secret actions um in in their decks to deal with counter espionage by uh just blanking it, blanking right. it wrong yeah. like just uh, no it's nope, not that one it's <laughs> similar sorry but not that we've uh, definitely seen that too like uh, some somewhere between fifteen and eighteen secret actions into my deck, and most of them all defensive sabotage armaments and fortification and all that. But then there's so many in there. Like, is that an infiltrate under there for my belligerents, or is it in, in hostilities? What could it be? Yep, I've gotten wrecked by concealing contrails once or twice. Yeah. Yep. I believe that. Uh, <laughs> what was while we're speaking uh, about like um, interesting cards, um, just like you know, getting getting actual ha hands on our set, or sorry, our hands on the set. Um, w one of the things that really like caught our attention, I think, many people's is the buy box from it is Perceptor. Um, so we have kind of a two part question in regard to, regard to him, uh, for, which is first, we'd like to know how much time and effort went into the actual like play testing with Perceptor, and what did the design team do to evaluate him in such like an accelerated window before release. So it seems accelerated uh, okay. only when you compare it to what, what you guys perceive to be our normal timelines. But n note that our normal timelines are testing an entire set, and this timeline was testing two cards. So uh, right, there's, there's, there's a lot of, of, of playtest density that goes in there. Um, so. Uh, we think Perceptor is powerful, and correctly so. And we wanted that for a couple of reasons. We wanted to honor Dan's vision for yes. what the card should be. Agree. Uh, and two, we wanted our we wanted our buy a box promo to do its job and promote Titan Masters Attack. Uh, and three, we wanted um, we wanted that version of of Perceptor, who is in some ways not the perceptor that many g1 fans remember to really stand out as a wrecker um, and mm -hmm. a lot of people have been talking about perceptor in a variety of paradigms about why he's good but perceptor is also a wrecker and there's a lot of wrecker fans out there yes. who really really followed perceptor's arc and sort of like his dip into an area of darkness that was a little bit um, not where fans thought that Perceptor was going to go in that story arc and sort of watch him become the, the really battle-hardened version of Perceptor that he was and then sort of come out of that into, you know, become a, a character that, that really went from a... I'm, I am opening myself to, to incoming fire here, but a, a, a little bit of a joke character, like a parody character in the original G1 version. Um, and and become what I think is a super impressive version of that. So uh, we did put we did put a lot of testing into it, and we are comfortable how we released it. Uh, mm -hmm. But I am really interested in being proven wrong, uh, and I hope if I'm proven wrong, uh, that goes in a way that is happy for the metagame and the environment. But um, I, I I'm pretty satisfied with the way we the way Perceptor came out. I, I think awesome. it's awesome the way he yeah, came out like. Very I was awesome. just we were just curious, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second part of that question would be, um, we're, we're, you know, in our mind, uh, a lot of the things that like probably went into him, and I know that back and forth between uh, Dan and the team, right, was uh, given like other interviews, uh, was that there was there was some theory, some conjecture behind making him feel a little bit like a you know kind of like a top down card, right, mm -hmm. um, in some ways. Uh, and we're wondering if some of the metrics by which you tuned uh, and evaluated or tweaked that card could be applied or like are being applied uh, in your playtesting situation right now from afar working from home? I am not sure I 
quite get the thrust of your question. So uh, was it a top-down card? So in, when we say top-down card, what that means inside of Wizards game design is there is a um, creative concept, like a character or a, a story event, and we design or um, uh, with a magic spell or something, and we sure. design the mechanics of the card to feed so that when you see the 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 art and character name, and then look at mechanically what the card does, that you grok it, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so this wasn't so much a uh, top-down design as it was when we were working with Dan. Dan had a very clear idea about what kind of mechanic he wanted to see on a card. Okay. And he, and he started with, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, he started with some ideas for um, the alt mode side and the uh, reveal and choose mechanic. And we worked with Dan back and forth on exactly what that meant and what he was looking for. And then we settled on on that and then built Perceptor around that. Gotcha. And, okay. Right. And the idea that Perceptor, one of the things that, that we think works really nicely is um, Perceptor, when he became the sort of uh, scout sniper that you see when he's a wrecker, um, is he would he would observe and research using sort of the same skill set that he had developed as a scientist and then he would take the perfect shot and and just one shot one kill and so we sort of interpreted that as the alt mode's flipping ability when he's in microscope mode is him researching that perfect shot and putting the cards underneath him and getting ready and then so when he's in alt mode and he has that the plus one attack for every card that you've uh, sequestered underneath him. That's that's him ready to go. Gotcha. And so that was how we sort of built this to match the character. Okay. Very so cool. it sounds like it was a, a middle out design. <laughs> a little bit of top down, a little bit of bottom up, a mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. It was also it's also really interesting when you're doing promo cards because mm-hmm. promo cards by definition are outside the main set. And the way our promo card design works for Transformers is it's not we take, let's say, 101 cards and say, oh, that's the promo card. And we do, oh, this is the set. Here's the 100 cards or whatever. And then afterwards we say, and what is the card that would work best as a promo card to be a reflection of what we see there? Um, And that's how you got Perceptor. And sometimes that lets us do things that are just completely off the wall um, and lets us take the promo cards and say, what is the, the program that you people get these cards from and how can the card design match that? And that's how you got Tidal Wave. So right, we knew that we wanted three weeks or so of in-store play rewards. And so we talked about like, like how do we, like you can see the, the evolution of that was like, oh, three gold cards. Um, and then you know that that's that's cool, but there's no intrinsic link between them other than the cool foiling on them. Mm-hmm. So here we wanted something that would say really inspire players to come back three weeks in a row, which is of clear benefit to, to local game stores. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like like that, get, getting people a community together for three weeks means it's much more likely that weeks four and five and six will happen organically. Absolutely. And so we made uh, a series the Tidal Wave promos as a three part combiner. And man, there are unfortunately not enough three-part combiners and transformers, but <laughs> but but uh, Tidal Wave is a really interesting one. And so we asked the Transformers team at Hasbro, could we bring Tidal Wave in from Armada to the the TCG? And they were very accommodating for us, and um, we worked to to make a new piece of art in this sort of G1 style mm-hmm. that, that the TCG uses. But that led us say, okay, our promo is designed around the experience at which you get it through there. So there's a lot of different ways that we make promos, but generally they're not intrinsically built with the set. They're built afterwards to take best advantage of what we know about the time period when they're going to be used. Very cool. Like, uh, that's some really interesting insight into everything that goes uh, into what you're doing. Um, you mentioned in our last interview that you wanted us to visit um, this question once the 
uh, Wave 5 full spoiler was out, and that... Oh, no. <laughs> Are there any bots, card strategies that deserve a second look from the competitive community, especially since everybody thinks that it's horrible Sky Shadow for the rest of Wave 5? Does everybody actually think that it's horrible Sky Shadow for the rest of Wave 5? Everybody, but there are there are it's, there are several factions who are uh, very much of that opinion. It's not everybody. Okay. Um, so, uh, how do I say this? I think Wind Charger is better than some people are giving him credit for. Um, some people have definitely said Wind Charger. I, I've seen people say, "Oh, in some decks, Wind Charger is the best possible first turn attack." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there are some really interesting card decks that can take advantage of that. But um, there are other pieces that need to be put there to make sure that, that that attack is a useful and beneficial attack and not just, you know, I randomly crack for this damage into a character and it tanks it or whatever. Um, so I think that's really interesting. Um, I think all of the one-point heads, the one-star heads, are playable. Yes. Uh, I think every single one is is playable in some competitive combination with the right body at the right time. Um, and I, I've seen some players say, ah, you know, it just doesn't do enough. Uh, and I think the the what I, what I would say there is it's not the head. The head just let it, the one star heads just let you play the body mm-hmm. that you need to play. And give you more points to play with for other things. So um, I would say every head and one star head and body combination is worth looking at to see if there's something there. And in, in that that's a case where I think that it's it's very possible that we didn't find everything. Hmm. Um, it's a lot of combinations. So it's it's a lot of combinations, and that was a real risk with Titan Masters Attack, and it was a bigger risk than I think people realized that we took here, in that. Titan Masters Attack enables more possible character uh, team configurations uh, in one release than any other set that we've done, and it's like almost two and a half, a, you know, full releases worth of. If you're just looking at total possible permutations, mm-hmm. it just radically jumps the number of permutations that, uh, for decks, and there's a lot of. Um, all right. Uh, sorry about that. It seems we had a minor technical difficulty uh, with the uh, the Zoom call. It happens. It was my fault. <laughs> I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. I really wasn't. I was. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. Well, so I, I do think that you know you were in the middle of a reply, but I don't know if you still had your train of thought. I, I do. And so we were talking about what cards uh, take a look at a deserve a second look. And I would say that any card that offers real amounts of flexibility like disassemble are worthy of competitive consideration um disassemble uh looks like a card that has downside but it actually because it's not you know oh that you know I, I i scrap their thing and they get a card that's yes that's downside but there's like 90 ways to play this card in a bunch of situations and so we when we create cards that have that multiple different ways of, of using the card to react for a lot of situations. I think it's even more important now in a metagame that I anticipate to be less settled when people do get to get back to competitive play because there's just not enough of games and reps for people to settle the metagame. That early in that that time, you know, when you do start to play competitively again, um, having options, period, having options is, is going to be really valuable. And so the cards that do allow you to do a variety of things, even if those things aren't um, focused, powerful towards a specific deck goal, I think are going to be very good. Um, And then also the other thing that I would say is um, I don't know that I've seen as many people talking about it as um, I thought I would, but maybe I'm just not looking in the right places, is cards that provide extra health. Um, uh, we were playing a lot. Um, power, you know, the power cell family of, of cards are mm-hmm. ways to change the paradigm and 
um, I think that you you might see them show up in small numbers in places where there is a sort of settled metagame in people's minds. It's like, oh, I know that that I can predictably do n damage, and I'm likely to see these decks, and n damage will will KO critical characters. It's like, oh, no, now that guy has plus three health and it throws the math off. Um, I, I think that, that there's a there's a chance that they'll show up, but people I don't see people talking about that. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, since we're talking about some of the you know those flexibility cards, the cards with you know basically or text making them really more really powerful. Um, when will there be a comprehensive rules update released? Given how many new things are going on in Titan Masters Attack, I uh, should be out next week. Awesome. As, as as always, we. We put out the, the Apple update next week, the website mm-hmm. will update next week, and the, the rules should go up next week as well. Fantastic. Awesome. Cool, cool. Uh, um, oh, sorry, Richard, do you have a follow-up? No, no. Okay. no I didn't. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about the Transformers IP Netflix series, if you know anything about it. Um, I know it was originally intended for a summer 2020 release. Um maybe that'll get pushed back uh, i would assume that it would um is there any kind of product or special promo that you guys might do in tandem with a release of something like that maybe in the future so i i can tell you i really can't wait for it to come out um, <laughs> and i can't speak for that team and and scheduling um but you know, we know it's War for Cybertron, right? Mm-hmm. And we we have seen in the Transformers trading game card game two War for Cybertron sets, Siege One and Siege Two. So you can imagine that there's going to be some some amount of commonality there. Um, Hence the question. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think you're gonna. I think you guys are gonna still have to wait and see how that plays out. Cool. Cool. Works for us. Uh, can't can't blame us for fishing though. Occasionally, no, you gotta ask. <laughs> no, I, I can't. I can't. I can't blame you for fishing. But I, I would. I would recommend you fish over at the Hasbro brand team, Transformers brand team. Yeah. For, for fair enough. One. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, I think lastly and most importantly, do you have any other questions for us? You've gotten a couple in through the course of the interview, but anything else in your mind? Yeah. Um, and I, I I know the answers to some of these questions because I poke around at, at your podcasts and videos and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, ultimately, do you want to see stratagems be an evergreen part of Transformers? Yes. Can you want to go first? Yes, I absolutely do. I think, uh, first of all, not just the stratagem mechanic in this set, but the whole um, head and Titan Masters mechanic, I think is one of both of those are the two most interesting thing to happen to this game so far. And I absolutely love and adore the game, <laughs> you know, and for me to say that um, it's just so interesting how both of them like just change the, uh, the apex that you're on when you're playing the game and the stratagems. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's, it's like having a modular character in a mm-hmm. way where you can play it one way or wait, I want to play it a different way. It's going to cost you more stars um and hey i would love to see like a three star stratagem that just makes somebody just crazy good um something like that i i love it i absolutely love it richard i uh i actually so when the first i think when the first stratagem got spoiled at least the first one we covered um on the actual podcast i think i went on um and can't we can go back later and check this but a long rant on how this was the coolest you? way. Yes, I would go on several of those. It's like a yeah. one of one of the states. Guilty. Okay. I think it's one of the coolest things to be a part of the game because it is. It, it feels like it's. It makes sense as a mechanic, and it also is a. It just has so much pot- basically limitless potential for the customization of characters, which uh, I I love. I'm very pro stratagem. Okay, and now that you've follow up questions, now that you've seen all of the stratagems in Titan Ashes Attack, you'll notice that there's a real range and sort of power level that they bring. Um, some stratagems, uh, like Trax's stratagem that lets him get the plane trait, is on the lower end of power, I think, until someone figures out a way to break it. 
right? Sure. But like, it's not <laughs> as obviously powerful as something that says, lets you get additional stars worth of cards in, in your total deck. Uh, and there's some subtlety here that people are going to brew with and build out. Maybe it turns out that like clobber turning your, your body into a dino bot really just does amazing things. But I don't think it's the world's most powerful stratagem as an example. It does have the coolest name. Um, <laughs> and uh, how do you feel about that sort of really diverse range of power level built into stratagems? I, I like it um, myself. Not everything has to be a complete home run, make this character super crazy, overpowered. Um, someone posted an article today, uh, for, I forget his name, about using Clobber on the new Optimus, um, the one that heals you, uh, repairs yeah. you, I should say, and then you and making him a Dinobot and then using Wave 1 Sludge and like I still function to keep healing him even more with a toolbox on him and, and all that. Um, is that a tier one strategy? Probably not. Is it really interesting and cool though? Is it something that you would like go to your local game store and it's like, Hey, I threw this together. I want to try it, you know, and it might get better in time too. You never know. Um, But yeah, yeah. I, I like it. And I would even like to see at some point, like a second stratagem for that specific character. Sure. You know, so again, it just adds more modularity to the way. Like, well, now this one's two stars or three or whatever, and it does something different than the one star component would. Um, that to me is a very, very interesting uh, design space as a deck builder to play in. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that to answer your question, I'm I'm actually pretty happy with the with the spread of power as well, with one exception. Um, I think pop-up attack is maybe a little below my threshold uh, for po- hey. for power for a star. So I think that the real question there is, uh, <laughs> I think the real question you're asking is, when are we going to get more helicopter support? Yes, I was about to say, hey, when we get more that helicopters, was part of it. it might be amazing. You don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, plan one, definitely for that his uh reward there is definitely on the pretty extreme low end and i don't i don't i don't think i'm as satisfied with pop-up attack as i am with other cards uh on the other hand whirl himself is pretty good uh so there's there's got to be some amount of balance there uh i i here i think i'm not going to address you guys but i think i'm going to address directly the the players who are expressing dissatisfaction with some of the lower end in terms of pure power stratagems and stratagems are a way for us to to satisfy the needs of a really diverse group of people who play transformers Mm -hmm. and there are some people who who um and this is uh, some some people disbelieve this but it's really true and our, our research so shows it's absolutely true is there's some people who care less about winning and more about creating unique decks yeah absolutely. and and you know me grimlock you grimlock is and is <laughs> sort of the prototype there it's like okay here is this really bizarre thing you can do what are you gonna do with it and and it, it's purpose t- designed for for deck brewers um uh and so we see val- big value in making sure that all of our customers have, have something that they can look at and say, oh, I really could did this cool thing. Whether that's I won this competitive event or I made this deck that made everybody come over at my local game store and see what the stupid thing that I was doing and I can't believe it, you know, it, it won a game. Um, and so uh, I, I would say to, to players who, who wish that every single stratagem uh, was say as strong as Night Racer stratagem. I love Night Racer stratagem. I, I do right. too. I use it constantly. <laughs> right, like uh, that. That let the brewers do their work, and maybe they will come up with something really good that you will end up playing competitively. A fair response. Yeah. I was going to say, I you know, I did, I, I 
talked down pop-up attack, but I wanted to say that I actually really see the evidence of what you're saying in the stratagems that allow you play extra star cards, both because I have a soft spot in my heart for star cards generally. I love them. I wish I got to play more of them. Um, but uh, also because like they're just those are just interesting. And if you open those and you open the character and you're not buying like boxes and boxes of the of the uh, you know set, then like those are those sets something interesting and it kind of instructs you in a way to build your deck, which yep. is great. We we think that there's a lot of you know our early efforts at building star cards um, and at distributing the value of a card over multiple cards and you saw that with with a bunch of like tech research and stuff like that. Um, some of them there were there were great starts to that design journey and there are are star cards that are obviously very 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 good and you know included should be included in many different decks. And the stratagems that add your ability to play specific star cards, types of star cards, are really ways to just sort of give a little bit more flexibility to star cards, as good as as good as some of them are, um, and let people really, you know, think about including them in a deck over, say, one point, one star point more worth of of, of uh, characters. Maybe they'll play one of the cheaper heads instead. You know. Yeah, exactly. There's 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 a lot of options here. Uh, my, I think on one final note, um, sure. I think my favorite stratagem is saturation bombing. I like. Uh, I love saturation bombing. I love windsweeper in general. I adore that card. Like, yeah. Yeah, I I I really like doing he healing and doing damage at the same time. And uh, <laughs> yeah. saturation bombing plus windsweeper by itself just. Um, that's really my jam right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Um, all right. Well, uh, I, on that note, I'd like to give a huge thank you to you, Drew, for joining and enlightening us during this interview. Thank you uh, so much, was, Drew. Yeah, it's it was a sincere pleasure, just like last time. Uh, we also hope to have you back again sometime in the not too far future. Uh, Sounds good. Uh, and that brings us to the close of episode 15 of the Transforming Game podcast. We really, really do appreciate all of you out there in the ether listening, whatever platform you're on. Uh, you can find our other episodes and more down the line on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify, hopefully sometimes a video now. Um, and we've got links in the description. Uh, but if you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. And we look forward to being back to speak to all y'all next week. But until that time, Clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. Bye, everybody.